everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, Pete Wright. Hello, Nikki Kinzer. Hi. It feels good to say it that way. <laughs> well, it? now that I know where yeah. it came from, we were just yeah. talking about uh, what we're watching on TV, and I uh, just started watching Parks and Rec, and I was telling Pete how much I loved Rob Lowe in this show because he's just hilarious and he's funny and he's so joyful. And I had no idea that the whole reason that Pete started calling me Nikki Kinzer was because of that show. Yeah, years ago. Whole new appreciation. (laughs) Yeah, no, I just internalized Rob Lowe pretty hard. Ah, I love it. Now, um, I uh, we are back. We're back. I say that in heavy air quotes. We're back from the International Conference on ADHD. We're back from also, that online conference. Also, we didn't have to go anywhere. And uh, and it was a special year, special year because we presented and we got a lot of uh, great messages out of it. Nikki is going to run through uh, her top insights today. And it is, oh boy, started from the keynote. It was it was your bod all the way down. It Wellness really was. And bod like if you didn't leave the conference knowing how important it was to yeah. exercise and sleep and take care of yourself, then you were not listening. Yeah, right. You missed it. That's yeah. right. You didn't go. You went to the you wrong conference. Go. Right. You yep. were just watching YouTube. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's possible that that was that was happening anyway. All right. Well, we're going to talk all about that with all of these fantastic lessons learned. But before you do that, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. You can get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list. And we will send you a new episode each time. We'll send you a new email each time a new episode is released <laughs> each week. So many eaches. Connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD. And if this show has ever touched you or helped you make a change in your life for the better, or if you just want to keep helping to send us to places like the International Conference on ADHD, uh, this is where that all starts head over to patreon.com slash the adhd podcast and and join up uh for a few bucks a month you can support us at the show support our continued efforts and investment into this podcast and to our community uh, and you can get access to some wonderful resources like the adhd community on facebook or discord members only community full of incredible people who are all living with adhd and supporting one another uh it is really a, a fantastic way to both support what we do here and support yourself by putting yourself in touch with great people uh so head over to patreon.com slash the adhd podcast to learn more. Uh, okay, Nikki. Uh, so can we start by just talking a little bit about your experience going through the conference online versus your experience going through it in the past? Well, just briefly, how, oh, how did it hit you? That's great. Yes. So there were pros and there were cons. So the pro about having it online is I didn't have to travel. I didn't have to go anywhere. So it was a lot less expensive. Huge pro. Massive pro. But kind of a con too. (laughs) (laughs) Because I really look forward to this every year. And I like having a little bit of me time to travel by myself and go to, you know, this fabulous concert. concert. It could be a concert (laughs) if you wanted it to be. Uh, But this conference. And so it's pro and con. But I, I mean, 
Convenience-wise, certainly there's more more pro- pros. God, I can't speak. So more props. pros <laughs> than there are cons with you know the convenience level. Yeah. Um, the the biggest thing I missed was the connection. Uh, there is something really special about being able to see people and talk to people in person. Um, you know, there's so many times that you can connect in between sessions, during sessions, on your way to the bathroom, somebody will mm-hmm. stop and ask you a question or we'll just want to chat. Like you'll be in line to go to the bathroom and you'll chat about the keynote, you know, or whatever. Yeah, right. So there is something really cool about that and special about that, that you just can't do online. You cannot, you just can't replace that, right? There's just something yeah. about human connection being Synchronicity. in front of someone. Yeah. yeah. The energy of the conference live, you can't repeat online either. I would say that there was a really good effort in the chat rooms, you know, because you would go yeah. and you would see a session or watch a session and there would be a lot of chatting in the in the chat rooms. Um, but the pro for me with that was that it was really distracting. So I would actually notice myself looking at the chat room and I would actually have to put my notes over the chat room so I couldn't see it just to focus Mm -hmm. on the, uh, on the presentation. So, you know, the one thing that was really, um, first of all, I give it, I give a lot of praise to Ari Tuckman and all of the rest of the people who coordinated this, because I think for having it be online, they did an exceptional job of, uh, really, you know, making the platform easy. There were some questions at the beginning, but there always are. Yeah, you know, people got through that pretty quick. People got through it pretty quick and figured it out. Um, so it was very easy to get on and and uh, listen and, and figure out the live sessions. And so you had a chance to, to have Q&A with the speakers, which was really great. Um, and the best thing about it being online that you don't get in person is we have two weeks to, to listen to these recordings. So when you're in person, you have to choose which session to go to. In this situation, I can go back and listen to all of them if I want to. Yeah, right. So I think that's pretty that's cool. Huge. So yeah, it's there's pros and cons to both ways. I I think for me, because travel obviously is it get, makes me super anxious. Like I'm just not somebody who's going to do that. Um, yeah, who's going to travel? It, it was obviously something that was a huge pro, not having to deal with travel. Travel makes me anxious anyway, right? Like right. I, I just don't like it, and um. And it, or I should say, I like it as long as there's a long enough time at the destination to, to like decompress. If I'm going to go someplace, it better be for like two weeks because uh, I'm going to need gotcha. to come down. Yeah. But but the so the whole act of that was of not having to do that was great. I was surprised, actually, at just how sort of intimate it felt, both as an attendee and a presenter. Um, mm-hmm. I really like the idea. I did not think I was going to like this at all. Like the, but the idea of presenting our video, our presentation as a video up front and then letting people drill us with questions afterward live on video, I thought actually worked pretty darn well. I yes, think that was, that I was agree. a really great model. And, um, I, I find my opinion completely changed. Like I mm-hmm. found that experience, um, was really comforting. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be able to to do that in in that way, and I can see that as a as a giant win. Like I I feel like that was fantastic overall. I would call it like six of one, half dozen of the other. There, like I didn't find one model better than another. 
uh, I think there are trade-offs. And um, I, I don't know that I would want to do this exclusively for all presentations and all experience, conference experiences going forward. I sure hope that, you know, um, that we can get back to get back to work next year. Mm-hmm. But I didn't miss much. Like I didn't, I don't feel, I feel like the trade-offs were generally positive. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't feel like I came away saying, man, I, that really sucked. That was just vacant, you know, um, of soul. I don't think that I went in thinking this is going to miss, this is going to be missing some of the heart of the experience. And I didn't, I didn't feel that. Like I, I it was a good conference. They did yes. great. Yeah, they did. They really did a great job. And I would like you to go to a live one at some point because I think you will notice the difference when I'm talking about energy. And oh yeah, well, the, and, and keep yeah. in mind, I'm a I'm a, an experienced conference goer. Like I've right. been to a lot of conferences in my career, and yeah. so I know that I know where the ex, where the the exuberance is and the energy is. I really do, um, mm-hmm. and and I'm sure that there is is value. I I know that there is yeah. value to that, yeah. right, to that whole experience. But I just didn't. I I felt like really good after yes, this. That I was too. really. The point. I felt yeah. it was very good and um, very happy to be there. And I have to say, I was so honored for us to present. This is probably by far one of the biggest accomplishments, I think, of my career of our podcast is to be able to present at this ADHD annual conference, you know, international conference. Mm -hmm. Um, This was such a big deal, you know, for years. Well, back in 2012, when I went to my very first conference, I was scared to go as an attendee because I'm thinking, why am I here? Like, why, you know, I'm going to be around all of these because I had this idea I was going to be around all these like researchers and doctors and scientists and, and, you know, and then here's me. I quickly realized that's not the case. Like yeah, there I'll are a lot of doctors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there but the conference is not just for like those people. They're also for adults with ADHD, for parents who have ADHD. I mean, it's a very broad conference. And so I remember sitting next to a lady who was just a mom, mom with ADHD, yeah. there to be at the conference. And I'm thinking, right. okay, this is okay. Oh. I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> But just like having those feelings of nervousness, you know, being a complete fraud going into this huge conference and and then coming, you know, in the end of 2020, being able to to do this. I was telling my uh, family when we were all done, and I know this is going to sound crazy and I don't want it to sound like, I don't know, I don't know how it's going to sound. I was just really proud. Mm-hmm. And I told my kids, I was, you know, and my husband, I'm like, I'm just really proud. I'm proud of what we did. I'm proud of our presentation. I'm proud of the response. I'm gra- I'm, I'm really happy that we were able to kind of have a glee of real positivity, you know, um, in the, sh- in the conference. And it was just such an honor to, to say we did this. We were, we were there. We were one of the sessions and I don't know. So thank you to everybody who listens to our podcast and who supports us and who have really encouraged us, you know, throughout the years, because it does take a lot of like time and energy and, um, vulnerability to say, Hey, take us, pick mm-hmm. us. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> and, and, you know, and also take the chance of them saying, yeah, you're good, but man, I don't, I don't like your topic, yeah, you know, or right, whatever. Right. It's not the right topic for us. So right. it was such an honor. So I just want to say yeah. thank you to, to, uh, the, the conference people who made the decisions and that you chose us. Cause it was really cool. 
It was cool really experience. cool. Yeah. So let's dig into some of your takeaways. Yes. Um, where would you like to start? Well, first of all, I want to make sure everybody understands that the theme of the conference was around strong minds and healthy lives. And so um, I think the mission that they were really trying to to go for was that you know, treating ADHD is really looking at all aspects of you as a whole person. It's not just the ADHD. It's not just about medication or just certain symptoms of the ADHD. It's everything kind of as a whole. And uh, for today's show, I want to talk about two very specific keynotes that I think um, really hit the the nail on the head of as far as like why this is important for us to think about our healthy minds are and and uh what we're trying to do here when we're um, navigating ADHD really on a daily basis. And uh, I got to tell you, biggest takeaway from all of the sessions is how important exercise is. Did you get that too? Hammered that right home. Yeah. Yes. From the very first, from from the keynote, from Ray, John Rady's keynote, which was so funny because he his presentation style is not like not ours. energetic. <laughs> and so uh, it was it was uh, it was a great way to start and uh, funny, ironic. And yeah, the great very information. Serious. He's so very serious. serious. Yeah. Yes. So he does not mess around. No. And, and so much of his keynote was around research and um, studies, diff- many different studies that he has um, looked at of why exercise is important. Pete and I are not going to talk about that. If you would like to know more about the research behind um, all of this, I highly recommend that you get um, the book Spark by John Rady. It has all of that information and more. And so um, what I want to do for our show is keep it pretty simple. And I'll tell you, you know, kind of what it comes down to. When you exercise, it increases your dopamine and serotonin. And those are the chemicals that make you feel good and help you stay focused and make you feel like you're on top of the world. So that's the bottom line. We know it's good for us. We know that after we walk or we get a good workout in, we feel good. And that is part of what they're stressing, um, you know, as far as as ADHD goes. There were some key points that I thought were really resonating with me. Um, I knew this going in, but I think it was just having somebody tell me that we live a much more sedentary lifestyle than we used to was like, oh, you know, you're right. Like I'll sit in my office all day long, barely Mm -hmm. getting up. Yeah, right. (laughs) I don't even walk. You know, I walked more when I didn't work from home, which makes sense. But I mean, I would walk to the parking lot. I would walk out of the parking lot. I'd go out to lunch. I would go up the stairs to my second floor office. I mean, and I'm not doing any of those. No, right. And it's made even worse now that we're at home. Yes. Now that many of us are still working out of the house. Sure. Yes. So that was really kind of an eye opener. It's like, I knew that, but I guess I just needed somebody to point it out. But yeah, Yeah. you you sit down too much, Nikki. That's what's happening here. Yeah. Nikki Kinzer. (laughs) Nikki Kinzer. Uh, The other thing that hit home was our kids are rewarded for not moving. And we are also rewarded in that same way in our workplaces too. Sit still. Be quiet. Don't make a lot of, you know, ruckus. Right, and right. and you know that's not how it used to be and um and and productivity bad. points productivity points go against standing up and moving right yes. how long can you sit finish a project get more points co- make more calls that's right that's yeah. right 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's always a lot of emphasis on how exercise helps with cognitive functioning, but it also does a lot for our emotional regulation. And I don't think that people always think of it that way. Um, right. Usually they'll think exercise will make me feel better and I'll be more focused, but they don't necessarily think that it also helps me keep my feelings in check. Mm -hmm. It also is a really good stress reliever and it can negate some of those negative feelings and turn them more into, you know, positive. You can start thinking positive um, when you have that uh, serotonin and, and dopamine. Um, so I think it's important because, you know, RSD um, is a is a big thing that a lot of people are exploring right now. And when we are talking about, you know, what are some of the things that we can do? Exercise is certainly one of them. The other thing that he was talking about is when you're feeling like AD, the ADHD is really loud is how I would say it. Even a small amount of exercise is going to help you because it, it turns the brain on. And this is all about the prefrontal cortex that he'll talk to you about. But it, it, it turns this piece on of your brain and that helps with regulating impulses. So if you are starting to feel, I'm really distracted, I'm not, I, I can't focus, my I can't think, um, I'm getting down these rabbit holes or I, whatever the, the thing, you know, situation is, go take a little bit of a walk mm -hmm. and see if that helps um, get back into to where you need to be. His favorite exercise, Pete Wright, is? Jumping rope. And it's yes. terrible. It makes me, ugh, it's the <laughs> worst jumping rope. Rady, John Rady, what are you doing jumping rope? <sighs> I think so it's So bad on my knees. <laughs> well, I it used might to, be bad on your knees, but I—I I used to—I uh, I used to be quite the jump roper. I'm sure you were. <laughs> can I tell you this: I could <laughs> double dutch with the best of them, I with can the see two that. and the people and the—I could jump in and I could <laughs> <laughs> and do a little dance. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I could do that. That's funny. Well, yes. Yeah, so he had reasons for that, but and I'm not going to go into all of the science behind it. But yes, jump rope was his favorite exercise. It did. It broke my heart here yeah. again. Broke yeah. My, oh, can't do that. So here are some guidelines for health benefits. Adults should do at least 150 minutes. That's two hours and 30 minutes a week of moderate intensity mm -hmm. or 75 minutes, which is one hour and 15 minutes a week of high intensity aerobic activity. He says the aerobic activity should be at least 10 minutes and preferably spread out throughout the week. That I can do. I could yes. do 10 minutes of aerobic activity and spread it out through the week. I yeah. can't do an hour at the gym. Well, no. I could, but I don't want to. You could, but you don't want to. And you really can't right now. It's hard. I mean, you can't, but well, it's Well, I hard. wouldn't go to the gym. Yeah, hard. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I wouldn't go to the gym right now. But yeah, after, let's say there's no COVID. Well, there are well, all kinds of great like home remedies for high intensity aerobic yes. workouts right now. And you absolutely can. And I just, I, I really love this. And I'll tell you, I've been like, it was when I started putting my little exercise breaks in Todoist repeating every two hours that I started actually doing these things again. Yes. Very small doses, set the timer, set the watch, do it for five minutes, and then get back to work, right? Do it Absolutely. for five minutes, take a walk around to cool off, get some water, and then go back to work. And then you're adding those hours. At the end of the week, you can actually see, like, here's how many exercise mm -hmm. breaks I took. Here's, mm -hmm. you know, at five minutes per or 10 minutes per, here's how many I, I managed to succeed. Yeah. Um, also buy a dog. Oh, for That'll sure. Do it. 
That'll do yes, it. Absolutely. That'll get you outside. Get that dog outside. Yep. The other thing I would want to say is this is the this is the goal. This is not where you start. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily if you're if you have been sitting around like I have, I'm not going in with the intention this week that I'm going to get two hours and 30 minutes of, of exercise in when I've basically have done zero for like the last 10 years. Right. That's not exactly right. true, but it feels like that. <laughs> it feels like so, it. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I am coaching myself and uh trying to to think okay where can where can i start and knowing that that's where i'm going it's not where i have to start so that's what i would say to all those people out there that that are in the same situation that i'm in where i really don't enjoy exercising i'm i'm great once i'm doing it i i feel great after i've done it but it's getting started and doing mm-hmm. it so i'm just really working it in very slowly and right now for this week i'm just going for 10 minutes a day 10 minutes a yeah. day I can do 10 minutes. And then you're at the end of the week, you're done. Yes. So that's, that's what I'm doing. That's that's where I'm starting. Yep. So, um, and then, oh, the other thing he said that I thought was really great, and this is for all the college students out there, is uh, before you take a test and you can do this, well, you could do this even when you were on campus, but because so much of school is online, before you take a test or before you have to read something, uh, go do your exercise. And then before you test. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he was like, the results of that are amazing. People tend to do better. They're more focused. They're, they are, they're more confident. Their memory's working better. Mm -hmm. So, um, definitely take that into, uh, mind if you are a student. Yes. Okay. So we know that exercise is one of the very, uh, important, it is one of the very important, uh, parts of navigating through ADHD, but there are others, Pete. Oh, do tell me. What are those others, Nikki Kinzer? So the next keynote that really hit home was called or was titled How Lifestyle Determines Our Future. And this was by Kathleen Nadeau, who has also um, been in the ADHD world for a long time and has a lot of expertise. And some of the things that she was talking about is that medication is really typically the first thing that doctors recommend. Oh, you have ADHD. Let's put you on some medication. Mm-hmm. Some doctors will talk about other pieces uh, for treatment, but not all of them. Sometimes they'll just say, "Here's your Adderall. Try it. Let me know how it goes, and we'll do a six month checkup." Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, one of the things that she was saying is med- medication. It certainly helps, and we know that we know it helps, but it doesn't treat the ADHD alone by itself. It's only one piece of the of the puzzle. And in addition to medication. Therapy, coaching, mindfulness, all of these things help, but they don't necessarily uh, stand alone. So we need a combination of different things to be able to uh, really treat the ADHD. The lifespan of someone with ADHD is 12.7 years less than someone with a- without ADHD. That's a lot. That's Yeah, that's significant. Yes. It's significant when you think about someone who's 80 versus somebody who's 77. Absolutely. Or, yeah, 67. Well, no. 67. <laughs> 67. I was going right. to say that's only like, a couple yeah. years. No, I can I can do uh, that's uh, ADHD-induced math? mathematics right there. Yeah. <laughs> no, 67. Uh, that and is, right? I mean, that is, if when you put yeah. it in that pers- like in that way, it, it, it is. It's weird. Yeah. It's not right. right. So that would be the severe con- consequence. That's a hard word to say. Severe consequence of when ADHD is not managed. Right. Well, and I mean, that was, is- I think, a, a real, that was an important takeaway of all, all of this is that, in fact, 
like we, I think with ADHD, you're looking for the thing. You're looking for the one thing that's going to allow you to get back to living. And what all of these experts, I think, keep coming back to is your brain just works this way. There's no one thing. And even when you find one thing that works for now, it's not going to work forever. You have right. to be open and adaptable to this multivariate approach to keeping keeping your brain and your life on track. And that's what we've been talking about all along. Absolutely. Well, and that brings up a good point, because I think that what you just said is that it's also a piece of the acceptance, mm-hmm. right? It's it's accepting right. that this sure. is how my brain works. This is what these are the things that I need to do to function in a way that I want to function and but not comparing yourself to other people. It's not about what neurotypicals do or what other ADHD do, do ADHDers do. It's all about what you need. Mm-hmm. and uh, finding these things um, that work for you. But yes, the lifespan is definitely a severe consequence of when it's not managed. Um, some of the other uh, takeaways from her uh, presentation was that treatment should not only focus on attention. We know that ADHD is much bigger than that. Uh, agreed. Uh, we have to look at our poor health habits and poor life management habits. Yeah. Uh, oh. They're a very dangerous cycle of when you have self-destruct, self-destructive habits, they only add to the ADHD challenges. They're not helping, which yeah. all obviously makes sense, but it's a reality check. Yeah, truly. But you know, this diet thing can't mm-hmm. be understated. This is, that's one of the things that, and I cut sugar just a week ago and I just, mm-hmm. I just cut it and uh, it's remarkable the change that it makes. It's remarkable. And I know this every time I do it, every time it happens, I make jokes about how much cereal I eat. I stopped eating cereal because of the sugar and because there's Mm -hmm. other things to eat. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't want to admit it, but there are there are other things. There are other things to eat. And I actually don't bring up a lot of nutrition in this particular show, but I think you you uh, are Right. I mean, it yeah. is just as important what we put into our bodies of how we exercise them as well. Yeah. So we have to look at at our diet. Um, and when we're looking at executive function skills, we know that those are the things that are impaired with ADHD. So we have to be thinking about what are some brain healthy daily habits and uh, and where do you need help and where do you need structure and systems and some kind of scaffolding to help you with those daily habits uh, to to. Um, be able, because again, like you said, ADHD is, it, it's there. It's not going to go away with the medication. It's not going to mm-hmm. go away with just one thing. So we have to, to build those things to, to help us. Um, next point that I thought was really important. And I really want to talk to our audience about this is connection. Feeling misunderstood and criticized is the most damaging ADHD fallout. We all know that with, with RSD mm-hmm. and, um, with just the, you know, you cannot be, you cannot feel supportive in your own home for whatever reason. And I know a lot of people out there don't. So having support from other ADHD people, um, from people, uh, that support ADHD. So other ADHD coaches, um, 
and platforms that are giving a place for uh, people to connect, it it helps you tremendously. It will definitely lower your stress level. It will definitely make you feel more comfortable. You can help other people as well. And I want people to consider our Patreon community. I think, you know, it's a great group of people. We would love to to build it and, and keep it growing and, and keep doing more things for you, things that you need. Um, and it's here for you. We listen to you of what, uh, um, what you need. And then we try our best to, to try to do that. But it, it is just one avenue of getting, uh, uh, ADHD community. Mm -hmm. There's lots of others too. Lots of coaching groups, lots of ADA has wonderful support groups. So definitely check those out as well. Now, this presentation also really emphasized the importance of sleep. Um, I think it's very difficult to find motivation to exercise when you're sleep deprived. That's just me. (laughs) It is. It is. But you know, and this was the thing that was so surprising to me, both in the in presentations and in in just the comments on our own presentation. Yeah. Were people who uh have a really hard time accepting the importance of sleep in their lives when they are so challenged while they're awake. Mm -hmm. Um and that it feels like wasting time. And if anything comes out of this presentation, it's that, you know what, (laughs) you're killing yourself. You're killing yourself if you're not taking advantage of sleep. It is the most freeing, liberating and healing thing you can do. Uh, And in combination with uh, exercise, it is it, it leads to a balanced living of your best life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is something I want us to do a show specifically just on sleep and yeah. uh, talk about the importance and things that you can do to to help get a better night's sleep. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. A couple other things. Um, doing. Oh, I thought this was fascinating because I've never thought about doing this. She recommends doing a stress analysis of your life. So list all major stressors. And look at which ones can be addressed through lifestyle changes, which can be reduced through problem solving, Mm -hmm. and what can you introduce into your life to deal with stressors that can't be eliminated. I just think this is such an empowering exercise because it's so easy to just stop at, this is my stress, but not really look at, okay, what's a lifestyle? Um, choice. How can I reduce this? What can I do? What can't I change? How do, yeah. how do I make this more doable? Whatever. It's just, just a really good um, way to kind of analyze where you're at mm-hmm. and actually maybe make some changes. Yeah. So I thought that was really good. Um, building a friendly lifestyle. A couple of things that she said was, you know, daily routines are really important to support our brain healthy habits. Pete and I, we talk about these routines all the time. Systems, um, you know, strategies on time. All of those things are important. Uh, removing distractions and temptations is really important. Um, so many people, the distraction is their phone. All you have to do is remove it. And I'm not saying take it away, but remove it from the the room that you're working in or t- turn the the notifications off on your computer. So the only thing you're focused on is what you need to be focused on. So a lot of those distractions you can remove one of the one of the things that picked up was that the 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 signal in your brain and this is this is a reminder because i'm sure we've talked about this on the show before Uh, i just don't remember when the one of the signals to your brain is that just seeing your phone 
on the desk next to you triggers the same distractive impulse as responding to a negotiation or a, a notification on it. So, mm. y- you know, for those who think, well, it's okay, I turn my phone off or I turn my notifications off. If you are struggling with this, turning it off may not be enough. Like Nikki said, remove it from the room, remove it from sight. Uh, because your your brain may thank you for it if you're struggling with a difficult project, if you're struggling with focus and attention. Um, you want to be beware of what your brain is doing that you may not know is actually doing it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, another area that she was talking about is educating those close to you about ADHD. There's a whole show that we could do around that. Mm-hmm. So look for that later. Um, And then the other thing she was talking about with a friendly lifestyle is engaging in collaborative problem solving with those you interact with every day. And I think the key here is collaborative. Mm -hmm. So we really are taking away the the parent-child kind of relationship. It's it's all about, you know, husband and wife, um, wife and wife, whatever partnership you're in, to say, okay, these are the issues we're having around our home. And this is where we need to to start, you know, brainstorming some different ideas. It then becomes a very different conversation than one person blaming another person for not doing right. something. Um, so very important to do. Okay, next, or actually, this is the last piece of her keynote that I want to talk about. And then I want to talk a little bit about what Um, something that we talked about. Mm -hmm. So meeting the challenges of ADHD. um, So this was sort of the whole summary that she had. And it was really about taking charge. Don't just rely on medication. Um, Really take charge of what you need and the resources that you have available and uh, be thinking about how to navigate. Take responsibility, acknowledge your challenges and work to problem solve. Uh, Take heart. Your goal is to become one of the many who live successful lives with ADHD. And she was, um, I thought, great when she was saying there's a lot of people out there, many, many people who live successful lives with ADHD and, and you can be one of them. Laugh and forgive yourself. This is not about perfection. Your goal is to focus well on what matters most to you and manage the rest. And I thought that was really a great point, too. That's lovely. All right, Pete, I'm going to have you talk about the joy jar because seriously, I think my voice is going to crack. Oh, I can talk about the joy jar. <laughs> yeah, no. You know, it was funny. I, the joy jar was was something that came out of uh, our presentation. We're talking about the joy jar where you would take a mason jar and you, you can decorate it, have fun with it. Um, and then uh, you uh, put little sheets of paper right next to it and you add these, you write things that are joyful when something is is joyful that you've experienced something crosses into your home that is joyful something you saw or heard a quote um that that is meaningful to you that you you write it on a little strip of colorful paper and put it in the in the jar and every time you look at the jar as it grows with this sort of confetti like colorful paper inside it, it just reminds you hey uh these are all things that i am i am joyful about if you really need if you're feeling low and you really need a little boost you can reach in there and pick something random out of the joy jar and it gives you uh, it, it gives you joy and so there you go. Now, what what did you want to talk about with relation to this? 
Oh, I just wanted people to know about it. Oh. <laughs> because we got such a great response. I mean, I think that when you look at the chat room, I mean, people are like, yeah. this is a great idea. I can do this as a gift. It, it um, That was the one that really stuck out to me, where, where it was the, the woman who said, I'm going to give this to my clients. I'm going to, and, and the, the conversation that was sparked out of that is, do you precede it with joyful things or do you just like present it decorated with a, with a, or, or present all the supplies for it and give right. it to somebody, right? And, and I thought that was really wonderful. Like you can do half and half. Like here are things that are just joyful or things that are joyful in my relationship with you, you know, mm-hmm. gift receiver. And here is blank paper so you can start adding your own. I thought that was really lovely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I did too. And that's why I wanted to bring it up is that I know it had such a great response. And I certainly wanted to share that yeah. with our with our listeners. Now, so Pete, this is funny. So mm-hmm. in our workshop or in our presentation, Pete uses the word jubilance. I sure do. I use the heck out of it. Yes. And when I first read his writing, because he wrote that part, I was like, jubilant, jubilance. Like, who uses that word? Like, I never even really heard of it before. And so with our classic banter going back and forth, we start talking about jubilance. And of course, the chat room is is loving it because they're like, I'm jubilant, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and they're using it all oh, over yeah. the place. So I've got to tell you this morning, Pete Wright, I'm listening. Yeah. I watch the Today Show in the morning. Sure you do. And guess what? They used the word jubilance. There you and go. I started laughing. There you like, go. Oh, there Jubilance. it is. People do use that word. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna, we're going to rebrand. 2020 is the year of jubilance. That's right. I year like of joy, that. jubilance. Yeah. Yeah. Jubilation. So, um, the, well, just real quick ending. We have more to talk about. There were lots of great sessions, things that I want to share, um, topic ideas, people I want to get on the show. Guests. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. That was amazing to, 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 to listen and think, oh, we need that person. We need that person. Yeah. So there will be more to come. Um, but these were definitely, I think, the important uh, um, kind of stories that we were learning and really uh like we said at the beginning hit home like we get it all All right right. we're gonna do this so that's it that's all i got thanks nikki that was so fun so glad we got the opportunity to do that and meet all sorts of wonderful people if you are new to this podcast because uh you found us through uh the conference welcome we love that you're here yeah Hang out, enjoy it, and yes. um, and uh, join the community. Share what you think. We'd like to hear from you. Uh, we appreciate you, all of you, downloading and listening to this show. Thank you for your time and your attention. Of course, don't forget, if you have something to contribute about the conversation, the place to do that is in the Show Talk channel over on our Discord server. You can join us right there by becoming a supporter at the deluxe level, patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you right back here next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast.